Our scripture today is from the book of Psalms 146, verses 1 through 10, in your pew Bible on the Old Testament page 549. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Diane. First question of the morning. What was in your mind when you walked in the door of the sanctuary or you pulled up the live stream today? Was your primary question, what will I get by being here today? Or what will I give? by being here today. Second question of the morning. Are you all aware that cycling is a team sport? (laughs) I know, I know, this is the second week in a row that I've started by talking about bicycles. You have to forgive me. This is like the last good days of riding outside for the year. You know, uh, daylight savings time ends next week. Do you guys know that? You get an extra hour of sleep next Sunday, but it also means you cannot ride after work because it gets dark so early. So anyway, I've been thinking about bicycling a lot, but so just think about it with me for a minute. Cycling is a team sport. Now, this is, of course, very true for the professionals who have different roles on their team depending on their abilities. They have different tactics depending on the race day, but it can be just as true of average run-of-the-mill recreational cyclists. Cycling is a team or a group affair. Imagine a Saturday that you're just not feeling great. Maybe it's because the work week has been too long or last night's sleep was too short or maybe you have no idea and your legs just won't respond like you wish but you're part of a team or you're part of a group going out for a ride. And so on those days that you feel poorly, you're helped so much by having other cyclists with you. Maybe they ride in front of you and shield you from the wind. Maybe they set the pace. Maybe they watch the road for obstacles so all you have to do is put your head down and pedal. As you struggle up another daunting hill, maybe one friend drops back to help pace you, and just as your legs are burning at their maximum, another friend slips behind you and just so gently puts a hand on your back and kind of gives you a gentle push as you climb up the hill. The voices of those friends fill your ears through the ride. They, they say, you can do it. Pedal, pedal, close the gap. You're strong, keep going. And they drown out those negative voices inside your head as you suffer going down the road. Yes, the the help of others, it means everything on a day that you're not feeling so good on the bike. But then there are days when you feel great, 
when you feel strong. And in those days, riding with a group was important too because when you feel great and the, the hills feel easy, you can ride not just for yourself, but you can ride for the benefit of others. You can take long poles at the front of the pack knowing that you're making the way easier for everybody behind you. You can power up the hill trusting that others, they're working hard to keep up, but they're riding quicker than they would if they were going alone. You keep your eyes out for debris or potholes and, or cars, and you call those back to the people in the back to keep them safe. You, you speak words of encouragement or praise, or you make jokes, or sometimes just talk for miles about nothing so that people who are struggling can be distracted from the pain they're feeling. Sharing the road with others means everything when on those days that you're feeling strong. Cycling at its best is a team sport. Guess what? So is church. So is church. Okay, church is not a sport, but <laughs> it is a team effort. It is a team effort. That might be kind of obvious. We gather here with other people, but actually faith itself is a team effort. We might be tempted to think that faith is a private affair, that it's just between us and God, but it's not. Faith, at least faith in Jesus Christ, being a Christian, that automatically involves other people. No way around it. Faith in God automatically involves other people. Because while God is interested in you personally, God is very interested in a relationship with you personally. God wants to save you, right? God wants to save your life. God doesn't want you to be trapped by the forces of sin and death. God wants to save you, to forgive you, to heal you, to lead you to wholeness. God wants all of those things for you. God does, doesn't just want them for you. God wants those things for the whole world. God wants to save the world. God wants to forgive the world. God wants to heal the world, to lead the world to wholeness. God wants to free the world from the forces of sin and evil and death. That's why God sent Jesus that's why Jesus died. That's why he rose again for you and for the person next to you and for the person next to them and the person next to them, for all of us, for all our neighbors, for the world. And because God cares so very, very much about our neighbors, God wants us to care about them too. From the first book of the Bible to the last, we read about how God asks us, calls us, implores us to care about our neighbors, to look after their well-being, to be generous toward them, to help them in times of trouble. God loves our neighbors, and God wants us to, too. Today we hear about that desire of God to see the whole world cared for. We hear about it from the book of Psalms. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, extra gold star bonus points for you if you did, but I've been preaching this whole series from the book of Psalms. Did you guys notice that? The choir's not saying one way or the other. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, I'm telling you. I've been preaching about the book of Psalms. And we've been talking about, you might know, about the five commitments that we make when we become a part of the United Methodist Church. We, we stand up on the chancel and we become members and we say, I want to support this congregation with my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, and my witness. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, witness. Those five words encapsulate what we share with one another when we gather as St. Paul's. And for this series, I chose to preach from the Psalms because I wanted to make the point that these are not newfangled promises. 
These, these are commitments that even predate the Church of Jesus Christ. They're embedded so deep in our religious tradition, they are a fundamental part of what it means to worship God, worship Yahweh, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. These five values are essential to who God wants us to be in the world, and we can find them expressed in the whole Bible, including the book of Psalms. Now, in the last few weeks, we've already covered prayers and presents and gifts. So if you missed any of those sermons, remember, you can always go back to the YouTube channel or the Facebook page, or we have that podcast that's just the sermon. But today, today we're focused in on the fourth of those gifts, service. And when you hear the word service about church, you might first think of service like, like a project day, like going to spend the day with Brush Up Nebraska or delivering food to the Ronald McDonald House. And those are important acts of service that we get to do occasionally through the year. But we don't do those kinds of things every day. So we ought not just limit our understanding of service to those few acts. Because service is not an occasional part of the Christian life. It's an essential part. It's a constant Service is an attitude that we have the chance to carry with us wherever we go, among whomever we encounter. So is there some way today, now, that we can be in service, that we can offer our strengths to help others? Did you come here asking, first of all, what can I get or what can I give? We see this modeled so profoundly in the life of Jesus. For him, service was not an occasional activity. He had eyes that saw around him always the people who were in need. Remember, he intervened for that woman who was about to be stoned. Or, or he healed the paralytic that was lowered down through the roof by his friends. Jesus was teaching, and, and that guy came in and he healed him. Or he spoke to the woman at the well who was hiding from, arrest, from the rest of the town. He didn't seek her out. He was just going to get water, and there she was. And he... he um, he spoke to her and helped her. Or he restored sight to a man who couldn't see, or he, he reached out to touch that woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. He, he was just walking through town, and she reached out and needed his help, and so he helped. Or remember, he lifted up that child in front of his disciples as an example of the kingdom, or he, he praised the generosity of the poor widow, or he, he called those uneducated fishermen to do his work just again and again and again in the scriptures, Jesus is drawn to those who are in need, and he blesses them with his healing and his wisdom and his power. He didn't live a day to please himself, but instead he was always lifting up those who were around him, those in need. And he calls us, his disciples, to do that same thing. So like Jesus, we take the blessings that God has given us, and we... we use them not just for ourselves, but we use them to bless others. And many days, hopefully, we have the opportunity when we show up here at church, whether it's for worship or Bible study or choir practice or a committee meeting or to volunteer at Bridges, we show up at this building and we ask, what can I give? Is there somebody I can help? Is there somebody who needs an encouraging word? Is there somebody who needs a smile? Is there somebody who needs an errand run for them? Is there somebody who needs a cookie? You guys, cookies are an act of service. <laughs> Is there somebody who needs a listening ear? Can we come here and bring our strengths to share them with others and serve by what we give? When we have that attitude together, thankfully, 
on those days, hopefully there are fewer days, but on those important days when we show up here and we feel a little less than strong, when we come here and have a day when we're feeling hurt or fearful or worried or troubled, we come to this congregation in those moments of need and we trust that God's grace is going to flow to us from somebody else. That we come here and we're going to be lifted up. We're going to be pushed along. We're going to be listened to. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to be strengthened by the strength of someone else. We trust that when we need it, we're going to receive the service of others. And it will bless us. Our service here to one another, it means all kinds of different things. Of course, it means things like ushering or greeting, teaching Sunday school, volunteering at youth group, helping lead worship, making coffee, and cleaning up after everybody has had their coffee. Our service is a hundred little acts of help and hope that we share with one another here, and we have the chance to do it week in and week out. But our pledge of service as members, it's not just about what we do at St. Paul's. It is also a promise to serve those outside of the walls of this church, recognizing that God has a fundamental concern for those who are suffering the most. And if we look back at the psalm together, we'll see this clearly. This is a psalm of praise. It's one of the last psalms in the Psalter. And these last psalms, the last five or seven, they are just focused on praise. It's just praise upon praise upon praise to God. But in the midst of that praise, in this particular psalm, the psalmist says, God's the one who looks out for the weakest, for those most in need. Did you hear that as Diane read it? The psalmist says that our God is a God who executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the stranger and upholds the orphan and the widow. All the most vulnerable people. God's eyes are on them. God wants to help. God sees those in need the world over and God acts. And often God does that through his children who are willing to serve. So to help us remember this part of our call to service, I just I want to share with you an image this morning. It's uh, drawn by a Franciscan monk named Robert Lentz. It's called the Christ of Mary Knoll. Can we get that on the screen? Beautiful image, isn't it? <laughs> it it's a it's a modern day icon. Now, we don't use icons too much in our religious practice in the United Methodist Church, but they're a pretty helpful spiritual tool. We can think of icons as like a window to the sacred. And like any piece of art, they can help us feel and reflect and see deeper into ourselves and deeper into the world. Tech team's working on it. If they can't get it, I'll put it in the trumpet this week so you can see it there. It's a picture of a man and he's looking out into the world through some barbed wire. There's barbed wire in front of him. And you can see in the image that his hands are pierced, that he uh, has a divine halo, and there are some letters above his head, IC and XC. Those are abbreviation in Greek for his name, Jesus Christ. Now, in describing the meaning of this icon, the creator, Brother Lentz, wrote, the icon does not make clear which side of the fence Christ is on. 
He's kind of pulling apart the barbed wire so he can see, but it's not clear which side of the fence he's on. Is he imprisoned or are we? When you see the image, that's the question to chew on. (laughs) Is he imprisoned or are we? Now, in describing this icon, Brother Lentz emphasized that he was hopeful. There he is. There he is. Thank you, guys. In describing this icon, Brother Lentz emphasized that he was hopeful it would inspire everyone who sees it to serve Christ among the least of these, echoing that language from Matthew 25, so that we might see Christ that lives in the margins of the world. So that kind of raises a question for us. If this is a picture of Christ, but remembering that story of the sheep and the goats, who else is this? Who else could that man be besides Jesus? Who is Christ in solidarity with when he's standing here in this place looking through the barbed wire of a prison? Certainly we can think about incarcerated people, people literally in jails or prisons, but who else? Who else around us is feeling trapped? Who else feels like they're looking through the world looking at the world through barbed wire. And when we have those people in our mind, the next question is, is there something that we can do to reach out to them in love, to let them know that they're not alone, that they're loved by God and they're loved by us? As we meditate on this image, who who do you feel called to serve? My challenge to you this week is to just pay attention to your opportunities to be in service. Who do you encounter here at church and out in the world who could use your help? Where can you offer love and encouragement and support to those who are struggling? Or or if it's a bad week for you this week, if it's one where you're feeling the struggle more than the strength, where can you reach out for help? Knowing that there are hundreds of friends at St. Paul's who want to be beside you, cheering you on. May God bless us as we give and as we receive, as we live out this call to serve one another. Thanks be to God. Amen. Mm-hmm.